0: Sound of another emergency podcast. We have Dan Quinn getting hired by the Washington Commanders. And for the second emergency podcast in a row, you get me, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan. My buddy Nate said we should be called the BS podcast for Breach and Sullivan. (laughs) I told him I think that name is already taken, uh, but we'll talk to our trademark team and find out if that is still available. But, But Solly, yesterday we got Mike McDonald going to the Seahawks. Today, we have former Seahawks defensive coordinator, former Falcons coach, former Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, going to Washington. Let me just, right off the bat, ask you this. What was your reaction when you saw the commanders were hiring Dan Quinn?
1: Yeah, I do like the bat signal that CBS is now putting up whenever there's a head coaching coming in they just call us. And I like that. I love it. I think that's great. But <laughs> the, the gut reaction to this is a little mixed, to be totally honest with you, because I feel like the Commanders were, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday in the McDonald emergency press uh, uh, podcast. I kind of felt like this was the Ben Johnson spot. And the fact that he did not really take the interview as they were flying to Detroit, he wanted to stay with the Lions. I think they kind of got caught with their number one option going away and they were left scrambling and now they land with Dan Quinn. So I like it. I don't love it. I, I feel like that's the same way that Adam Peters in this Washington Commanders team feels if you give him a little bit of truth serum because they didn't get their guy. I think their guy is in Detroit still so is the OC.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're a fan of the Commanders, this team has had seven straight losing seasons, although one of those losing seasons did include a uh, division title. So there was a little bit, a small ray of hope in there. They never turned in anything because this team has just been so bad. I'm not sure how you feel knowing that you kind of settled is really how it feels. Is If you yeah. had your eye on Ben Johnson, they talked to Mike McDonald. There was probably some interest here because, remember, I don't think it's a coincidence that this hire was made less than 24 hours after McDonald got hired because it's like, oh, well, he's not an option anymore, and now you are here with Dan Quinn. So I do think the fact that they are settling does make it a little – uninspiring that doesn't mean this is a D minus hiring cuz I do think Dan Quinn is a good coach uh but I, that that's where you are right now and so I think if you asked a Commanders fan they would just be like well I'm not happy but I'm not mad I'm just totally uh indifferent which is kind of what it's been like to be a Commanders fan for the past 7 10 12 20 years right and let's just
1: compare quickly what the Seahawks did yesterday and what the Commanders did today, I said yesterday in the other podcast that I like that move because it's a younger, defensive-minded guy for a team that kind of needs that injection into their franchise where they have an offense where they already have pieces, a veteran quarterback and Geno Smith. This team is in a totally different scenario where I feel like a defensive-minded head coach doesn't necessarily fit what they should be looking for, which is why I thought Ben Johnson made all the sense in the world here. You have the most amount of cap space in the NFL this offseason. You have the number two overall pick, which we all assume is going to be a combination of, if Caleb Williams falls, then sure, but Drake may or Jaden Daniels. You're going to bring in a rookie quarterback, and you would think that you would want to pair him with an offensive-minded head coach to kind of go through that maturation process. Because what happens if Dan Quinn... Draft, they draft a quarterback. He brings in whoever is going to be his OC. And this quarterback has tremendous success, similar to what we saw with C.J. Stroud in Houston this year. We saw Bobby Slowick become one of the most sought-after offensive minds this cycle, ultimately decided to stay. But more often than not, those dudes dip, and they're gone. And then you're talking about your first-round quarterback going into year two with another coordinator. So I, I genuinely think there's a lot of risk here for Washington going with a defensive-minded head coach in Dan Quinn.
0: Yeah, and you don't even have to bring up the Texans. You can look at a prior Dan Quinn situation when he was the head coach of the Falcons, and he had Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator in 2016. They go to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan wins MVP. Kyle Shanahan jumps ship, goes to the 49ers, and that offense was never the same. The Falcons just kind of regressed each year until Quinn was fired. So there is something to be said for trying to pair. An offensive coordinator with that rookie quarterback that you're almost certainly going to be drafting but i do think the flip side is that if you're the commanders you stare at your defense look this team had a fire sale in october you trade montez sweat you trade chase young you knew you were going to take some lumps but this is like having just lumps of doo-doo thrown in your face this team was they gave up the most yards in the nfl uh, in 2023. They give up the most points per game. They give up over 30 points per game, Tyler. No one else gave up more than 27 points per game. So they were way worse than everyone else. And so I think they're thinking that maybe, hey, look, what if we bring in Dan Quinn? Let's get this defense figured out first. And we'll go from there. And uh, I mean that clearly is their thinking, but the flaw there is what you just mentioned that hey, look, if the offense quinner jumps ship after one or two years, you're starting over from scratch. So what do you like? About this hiring.
1: Right. Well, I like you said, I think it does fix or at least starts to fix the problem on defense. I mean, you listed it. It's god awful their totals this year. Like so bad that their points per game allowed 30.5. It's their worst since 1954. I mean, this team has been historically bad on the defensive side of the ball in 2023. So certainly you needed to fix that. And you bring in a guy like Dan Quinn, where you look at the Cowboys totals. I mean, outside of that game against the Packers in the playoffs, overall flawless. Number one in takeaways, top five, top ten, pretty much in everything else. But it's going to take a little bit. This I'll be curious, and I'm not sure if it's out there, but, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday about McDonald getting a six-year deal. I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhere similar here with Dan Quinn because – this is not an overnight fix I don't think for Washington. Yeah, they have some pieces, you know, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, but like you said, there are there was a fire sale. Chase Young's not there. I, I uh, Montez Sweat not there. This is not a team that is going to be, I don't believe, in the postseason contention or the in the hunt on the CBS graphics come November. I think this is going to be a little bit more of a slow burn and I think that's fine but you need to be able to build this slowly and you have to give Dan Quinn that leash specifically on offense as well.
0: You know, it's funny. You said that Tyler, because I think the one interesting thing about this hire that does not work in Dan Quinn's favor is that usually if you were taking over a team that went four and 13 and you are asked to be part of a rebuild, there's not really any pressure on you in year one, but with Dan Quinn, I do think there's some pressure because the commanders decided not to hire Mike Frable They decided not to hire Bill Belichick. They didn't get Ben Johnson. So when you are settling for a coach and if Dan Quinn comes out and the commanders go five and 12 next season, which would still be an improvement over 2023, I think he's going to be under fire because you're going to have fans saying, well, I think we could have brought in these other coaches that we would have done better with. I think Mike Frable could have got us to eight or nine wins. I think Belichick could have got us to eight or nine wins, but we we settled on this guy and now we're five and 12. So I think this is not the ideal situation in the sense, this is one of the few jobs where you have a floundering team, but there is actually going to be some pressure on the coach in 2024.
1: Do you think this is more uh, Frank Reich like? Do you think that this is one of those situations where they bring in a young quarterback? Maybe things don't come out as rosy and maybe not an in-season firing, but certainly that seat's extremely warm. And as you mentioned. What happens if these number one guys that they had their eye on this cycle decide, hey, listen, you know, Ben Johnson, Detroit, I just keep going back to him because I feel like he was their number one guy. What if he's what if he takes them to an NFC championship, a Super Bowl appearance and says, you know what, I've done my job in Detroit. I definitely want to go see opportunities. I don't know how you don't revisit that, especially if they have a down year, but. You know, again, a lot needs to be kind of played out, obviously, but I I do have some reservations about this, this hiring as much as I do think it could fix the defense. I just wonder, as you're mentioning, I I don't know what the offense is going to look like and how that's going to be fixed going forward.
0: Well, you know, you're mentioning what the offense is going to be like, and a big question that Quinn's going to have to answer right away is, uh, you know, what do you do with Eric Biennami? Because he has yeah. a pretty strong offensive coordinator on his staff. It's just a matter of do you want to bring in your own guy, uh, or do you let Biennami hang around just because he's got a, a pretty decent track record of success? I would have to think Quinn is going to bring in his own guy. It, it just does. I think he will, and I, I don't know this for sure. But he just feels like a guy who will mostly clean house and kind of bring in his own coaching staff. I do feel like that's what most head coaches want to do. And it's funny you mentioned Frank Reich because I actually think he would be an interesting option for offensive coordinator because if you want someone who can develop a quarterback but maybe won't jump ship to be a head coach, because maybe Reich, hey, I've been fired twice uh, in the past two years. Maybe I'm okay being an offensive coordinator for two or three years before I even think about becoming a head coach again. But so that offense coordinator job is going to be key. You think they keep uh, the enemy?
1: You stole it from me because that's what I was going to get to next. I do think that there is a chance where the enemy stays a guy like Frank Reich, Josh McDaniels. I think that might be the wiser move to go down. If you're Dan Quinn assembling this staff, because you don't run the risk of losing these guys after year one, because it seems very unlikely. I mean, at this point, I don't know if Eric Bianami is going to get a head coaching job. I mean, he was there with that organization for a year. They moved on from Ron Rivera. I, you know, if that was not going to land him a gig, I, I don't know what would. And Frank Reich, same thing. I just don't think he's getting another opportunity. And Josh McDaniels, certainly not. And you can credit all those guys for being strong offensive mind. It's just not great head coaches. And so... I think that that's probably the route they go down. Now, I don't know if it's enemy. Maybe they want to just kind of start anew, and and I don't know the relationship between him and Dan Quinn. I would think that he would bring in his own guy. I don't think that you want to kind of piece together this, this staff. I mean, last year, points per game and total yards per game, 25th and 24th. There were some flashes with Sam Howell, and you know certainly that's not all on the enemy. but I think you might want to bring in a guy that you're a little bit more fami- familiar with if you're Dan Quinn.
0: All right, we are going to take a break. and we get back, I'm going to ask Solly another question about offensive coordinators. That is a classic Brinson tease for you.
1: Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search. The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best
0: from Big Meats.
1: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation
0: present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break.
1: Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No, tougher. No, funnier. I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming
0: only on Paramount Plus. Yes. By the way, uh, Brinson's not here. My understanding is that he is having his hair plug surgically attached <laughs> uh, to get prepared for his trip to Las Vegas. It's going to be windy and cold there. You cannot take. Any chances, as we know, right, Solly?
1: Yeah, that's totally true. Totally true.
0: Uh, let me ask you this. So, and and real quick, because if Dan Quinn dumps Eric Bannamere and just says, hey, look, I'm bringing in my own guy, and now you're out there trying to hire an offensive coordinator, this just doesn't seem like the most attractive job. Because you're looking at the Seahawks still need an offensive coordinator, the Saints, Patriots, you know that. Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh still needs one. In LA, the Raiders, the Titans. I mean, there are a lot of teams right now that need an offensive coordinator. So, I mean, I mean, are the Commanders even top five on this list? If you're an offensive coordinator, are they? Are you calling them back? Or are you calling back the Chargers?
1: Yeah, like that's a, it's a great point, because now that all the openings have been filled in the NFL, you're really going to start to see these things kind of heat up. And, you know, uh, great. For instance, you re- re- you reference it. The Patriots need one. Nick Haley is kind of been the guy that they've been circling Rams tight ends coach, former tight ends coach for the Patriots. Just ask yourself the question, is this the type of opening that would derail him from possibly joining the Patriots and immediately going to the Washington Commanders? kind of a good question. And I, you know, I don't know. It depends on, I think, what these guys view of the assets that the commanders have, because you might say, okay, it's not a great landing spot. You'd much rather go to Los Angeles to work with Justin Herbert, just for an example, or maybe you want to go to Seattle to work with DK Metcalf and those wide receivers. Sure. And I wouldn't fault you, but what if you love Drake May? What if you think that this dude is the next Justin Herbert, or what if you think that Jaden Daniels is the next Lamar Jackson, and you think that this team is actually not that far away because of that number two overall pick, and because you do have the most amount of cap space and you do have a new ownership group that does probably want to make a big swing relatively early. There is a possibility that that could land you not only a decent gig in 2024, but as we were talking about earlier, you could be the next Bobby Slowick and be the next head, co- head head coaching candidate if you can come in and make this rookie quarterback look as good as he possibly can. So I I actually would push back. I wonder if it's almost more attractive for an offensive coordinator than most of these other jobs because of where they sit financially with cap space and the number two overall pick. Again, you got to love the prospects, but I actually don't think that this is terrible for an o- O.C.,
0: Yeah, no, it's a fine job. You have weapons and and that's what you want. It's just a matter of getting the quarterback situation figured out. But, you know, you don't know if you're going to be working with the next CJ Stroud or the next Bryce Young, because, you know, that's not to say Bryce Young is bad or is going to be bad. It's just that you don't know what you're going to be working with. And if you get a quarterback who maybe isn't ready for the NFL, that's going to make you look bad. And that's going to reflect on you. And you're not going to get a head coaching job because your first season is probably going to be a huge struggle. So there is – it's just a very, very interesting situation. And, you know, one thing, one offensive coordinator I saw floated around, uh, Jonathan Jones actually pointed this out, January 20th story, that Chip Kelly was drawing interest as an NFL coordinator. And then uh, there were a couple other reports that maybe Chip Kelly and Dan Quinn – might end up coaching together so be that that would be an interesting name to watch
1: yeah for sure and I don't know I mean he, he, let me ask you if he does he fit the mold of a one and done candidate or do you think he's more in the vein of no nah, this dude probably sticks around I don't know if his his coaching candidacy as a head coach would be hot out of the gate in 2025.
0: yeah I don't th- unless the commanders went out and won the Super Bowl in 2024. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think Kelly would jump ship after one year. I think you would absolutely have him for at least two years. Uh, and again, unless there are a top five offense both yep. years, I I I would I just don't see the interest him in him from a head coaching perspective. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I would think that he sticks around for two or three years. And I think three years is what you have to be shooting for if you're hiring an offensive coordinator. Uh, so it, it is the whole thing, though, is just look, we look at with Dan Quinn, look at his track record. We can talk about what he did in Seattle. They went to two straight Super Bowls. He ran one of the best defenses in NFL history. I mean, this isn't just uh, in the past decade. This is ever. And then you look at with the Falcons, with him getting hired in 2015, he took over a team uh, that went 6-10 and in 2014 and that gave up the most yards in the NFL in 2014. So it's crazy to think that both his head coaching jobs, taking over for a team that just finished giving up the most yards. And you know what he did in 2015? He took them from 32nd to 16th, uh and fewest yards allowed. That's a huge jump. So do you think he has the weapons to do something like that, at least defensively? We don't know offensively. We talked about the offense. We don't know what's gonna happen at quarterback. But how quickly do you think he can turn around this defense?
1: Well I honestly wonder if they are going to use the draft for the offense and free agency for the defense. That's kind of how I think that they might parse this thing. You bring in a bunch of veterans that because you're more confident in Quinn bringing in veterans and coaching them up and having an impact defensively in year one and just kind of letting the offense be a slow burn in development. That's what would be my suggestion. So I think they're going to be a better defensive unit. I, I, I don't have really any doubts of that. It's just how impactful are you going to be because you got to talk about the division they play in now he's leaving a Cowboys team that was one of the best offenses in the NFL we're going to assume that Philadelphia comes back with a little bit more offensive fire obviously it was a down year for them this year but they still have Jalen Hurts AJ Brown Devonta Smith go down the list and in New York you know that that might be a dumpster fire with Brian Dayball but still an offensive mind could be a little bit better you still have a tough division to go through. So you have to show up defensively to at least hang around with Dallas, to at least hang around with with Philadelphia. So I do think they're going to be better. I just don't necessarily know, you know, if that's going to spring them into contention in year one. I think they're going to spend a lot of money. I think they'll spend money on defense, but I don't know if that's going to spring them into contention.
0: Well, one thing about this is that you are moving to a team and you know your opponents well. You mentioned – You're playing these solid offenses in the NFC East with the Cowboys and the Eagles. Well, Quinn knows Mike McCarthy's offense better than anyone right now, except for maybe Mike McCarthy, because he just spent three years practicing against it. He knows the Eagles offense uh, as good as any defensive coordinator. And I don't know that you really need to know the Giants offense as long as Dale Jones is that quarterback. So it does feel like from a personnel wise and drawing up game plans that he does he's giving himself a better chance as at least slow these teams down uh, in case he doesn't have the personnel he wants on the field by next season. Cause like you said, this is going to be a rebuild. This isn't going to be, let's get uh, every player we need in one year, even though they have 70 plus million dollars in cap space and uh, the number two overall pick in the draft. I don't think this is a one year fix, uh, but the flip side of that is it, it, it's, tough that he I just I'm shocked that he left Dallas because and jump ship to a division rival because you look at the teams that he talked with uh, over the past two years he's one of the hottest coaching candidates Solly I mean I think uh in 2022 he talked with the Broncos Bears Giants Vikings and Dolphins last year interviewed by our drew interest from the Cardinals Colts and Broncos and he decides to go in the same division is that surprise you that this is the year he finally left and that he went in the same division as the Cowboys.
1: It doesn't surprise me that this is the year he left because I think that going into next season, going into 2024, every article that you're going to read about the hottest seat in the NFL, it's going to be Mike McCarthy. And so if he gets blown out, you're not so sure that you're going to stick around as DC. So this is the time to jump ship to your own situation, control your own destiny, be a head coach somewhere else, get that money. Frankly. So are you saying the Cowboys are a sinking ship? I think so. And we can talk about them too, because I think that there's a lot to talk about with them, especially losing Dan Quinn. But I think this is a wise move for him to leave now. And to go to a division rival, I don't know. I think you just go to what's offered to you right now. And this is the last team that was available, last team that had an opening. And I think that they missed out on their number one guy. Swoop in, take that job, because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring in Dallas. You don't know what Jerry's going to do if all of a sudden this Cowboys team starts off a little bit slow. For, actually, frankly, I think I do know what they're going to do if they start off slow in 2024, and that's not good news for Dan Quinn and his his head coaching stock.
0: Yeah, not at all. And it does feel like that he's just thinking, man, if, as you said, if Mike McCarthy's gone, I'm gone, uh, and I don't want the head coaching job because I've been with Jerry for three years, and I know how volatile things get there. I'm just going to go where... It's nice and calm. I got a new owner, a first-time GM, and I'll have a longer leash there. I don't have to worry about getting fired in year one. And you know what? He's strengthening the commanders because he is a good coach. He's a good defensive coach, and he's weakening the Cowboys because whoever the Cowboys bring in, unless it's Ravel or Belichick, is probably not going to be as good as Quinn. Uh, And, and yeah, as you said, let's talk about the Cowboys and, and how they just lost their defensive coordinator. What do you think this means for them?
1: Well, not only that, but I saw it was Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, reported too that Joe Witt, the secondary and defensive passing game coordinator, is expected to go with Dan Quinn as his DC. So not only is Dallas losing their DC, but in all likelihood also losing their number one in-house replacement for Dan Quinn as well. So there's a lot to mix and match here for Dallas in a time where, You kind of want to have your ducks in a row. You're not a team like Washington who is able to kind of go through the motions. You're a young developing team. No, this is a team that was extremely disappointing in the postseason for three years in a row after 12 and five seasons. And your head coach now has the hottest seat, in my opinion, in the NFL. You need to kind of figure this out. The defense was your number one strength. It was a lot of the reasons why people thought that you could go to the Super Bowl this year. And a lot of that was Dan Quinn. A lot of that was Joe Witt. And if that's now gone, that brain trust is now in Washington and you now have to fill that. If you're Mike McCarthy on top of just being nervous of your own job security, that there's a lot of red flags with Dallas going into 2024.
0: Yeah. And that really puts Mike McCarthy in a tough position. It'll be interesting. I would love to know how he is reacting to this news uh, because now you don't have to start over on defense, but you need to find a defensive coordinator who probably runs something similar to what Dan Quinn does, because you don't want to bring in a whole new system. And then you're an offensive guy. You don't want to be worrying about that when you're playing next season. If your defense gives up 40 points, that's something that McCarthy hasn't had to deal with. I think they only gave up more than 30 points in one game last season. Uh, not including the Packers in the right. And,
1: and, and think about this breach, you know, the institutional knowledge is something that people like to point out with these teams all the time. The Washington commanders now have institutional knowledge of what the Cowboys like to do, what their, you know, affinities are, what their weaknesses are specifically on the defensive, but also offensive side of the ball. That's also happening in Philadelphia as well with Kellen Moore coming in as the offensive coordinator, former OC of the Cowboys, you know, obviously it was with the chargers last year the institutional knowledge for the Cowboys is basically the secrets out in that entire division with two rivals now having former coordinators as either coordinators or head coaches. So, so to me, I just think that that's an interesting kind of subplot as we go into 2024, where all these guys kind of know each other. They know their tendencies more so than just what you see on film. You know, what goes on in the hallways, you know, the ins and outs of that organization, those players, their tendencies a little bit more than, than what would be used to. So like when we look at these games in 2024, in terms of the lines and these, you know, when we get to the nitty gritty of like betting these games, there's a, there's a point, a half point edge with these teams that are going, you know, specifically, you know, the the teams that know Dallas, I think that there's a, going to be a little bit of a swing there that most people won't recognize.
0: Yeah, there is. That also works in reverse, though, as far as Mike McCarthy's very familiar with what Dan Quinn's going to do on defense, and maybe he's thinking, God, I'm thrilled to face him because you look at what Kyle Shanahan, obviously on the same staff as Dan Quinn in Atlanta, so got to see Dan Quinn's defense up front all the time, and we saw him go out and put 42 points up on Dan Quinn's defense earlier this year back in October. So that definitely works in reverse, and that doesn't always work in your favor, but to your point, the rest of the division, it's not just Dan Quinn and the commanders, it's Kellen Moore and the Eagles. And so it, the other teams have to feel good about, hey, this is finally going to be the year where we take down the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy is going to get fired. We have a chance to torpedo this team and just sink them. And and so I do feel like th- these the rest of the division are sharks and they're seeing blood in the water with the Cowboys. Tyler, are we just sitting here just predicting the Cowboys demise is that (laughs) we just have an emergency podcast. The Cowboys finishing in last place in 2024.
1: Well, well, listen, there's legs to it, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's a chain reaction. Obviously a lot of this is of of course, Dan Quinn, joining the commanders and what that means for the franchise, but we do have to touch on what that means for other teams, for the team that he's leaving. And the fact that it's in the same division, I think carries a little bit more prominence because of everything we just mentioned. The fact that not only are you filling the defensive coordinator spot, but probably the replacement in in Joe Witt Jr. is going with them as well. So that would probably be the guy that in-house could have been your replacement, maybe makes that departure a little bit easier. Now it's a little bit more difficult. So, you know, when you're gnawing away at these franchises, at these coaching staffs. And not only doing that, but going against them twice a year, I think it's very noteworthy.
0: Yeah, let's get back to the actual coaching search real quick. And let yeah. me just ask you, were you surprised that Vrabel and Belichick did not I, – I mean, it didn't seem like they were interested at all. Were you surprised they didn't get a sniff, especially with a new owner who maybe is looking to make a splash?
1: Yeah, not surprised – so much about Bill Belichick because I think when you bring in a guy like that, you're basically you know, nuking your entire operation because when he comes in, a guy like that, he's going to run the show. He's your GM. He has full control. That's kind of the, I feel like, kind of a given with Bill Belichick. And for what, three, four years max? I don't know if you do that. So some of these franchises are a little bit weary with that. Mike Vrabel, on the other hand, I am very surprised. I think that he should have been one of the top head coaching candidates this cycle. And the fact that we're now settled here with this commander's job now gone and everything's filled, I actually can't believe that he's not hired. I think that that's going to be – I think we're going to look back at that and a lot of these teams and making a mistake not bringing him in because I don't necessarily believe he was a the problem in Tennessee – the problem was that you have an aging Ryan Tannehill and you run your offense through a running back. I don't necessarily think that's the right way to run an offense from an in-game manager standpoint, in-game coaching. I think he's one of the best in the league. Now, does he rub some people the wrong way? Is he a little bit abrasive? I, I don't. I don't know. That's kind of the rub. Maybe that's what people don't want. But ultimately, from a football coach standpoint, I thought that he was one of the better coaches out there. And the fact that he's now just out there and Possibly, you know, I would say maybe the number one, number two, number three, certainly top three head coaching candidates going into 2024. Uh, 2025. I'm pretty surprised by that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Vrabel's probably not in any hurry. He gets to sit home, collect a giant paycheck. Belichick is old. He's 71. So right. I do feel like he would have preferred to have a head coaching job this year. But for the first time since 1974, Solly, he will not be coaching in the NFL unless he shocks everyone and takes a defensive coordinator job which would just be absolutely <laughs> stunning. Uh let's end this with you give us your Dan Quinn grade.
1: Yeah, I give it a B, B- like minus. B minus. Like the like the coach, like what he's going to do to the defense, but I have so many questions about that offense and I feel like the Commanders didn't get their guy.
0: I will also give it a B minus, but you know what? If he gets a Dairy Queen sponsorship, I'm going to move it up to a B. How can someone <laughs> with the initials DQ not have a Dairy Queen spot? That is just waiting to happen. I'm going to write Dan Quinn's agent and tell him to get on that. But yeah, totally agree. This definitely is something that could work. Dan Quinn has a great track record. Uh, but obviously, a lot of questions here with the future of this franchise. Commander's just Commanders fans don't care who their coach is. As long as they get to the playoffs and the Super Bowl, it's been so long. They thought Dan Snyder being gone would fix everything. Nothing is fixed yet, but maybe Dan Quinn can start the process of getting things fixed. For Tyler Sullivan, I'm John Breach. And unless we see a surprise coaching, firing, and hiring, that's it for the emergency podcast for coaching hirings this offseason. We are glad everyone tuned in. We love you guys all. And we will see you probably in like two hours because I think we have another podcast to record. Uh, See you soon, everyone.